Blog Talk Radio. Hello, I am Elaine Marie, and I am on a summer break. Please enjoy this encore presentation of my 2014 interview with fashion designer Valentina. So that you don't miss any colorful event this summer, I have included calendar listings for August 2015 at the end of this interview. Blessings and welcome to the color calendar. I am Elaine Marie and I will be your guide as we look through life's kaleidoscope to find the most colorful people and the most colorful events in the world. My guest today is Valentina, the owner of Valentina Interiors and Designs, an international company based in San Francisco, California. Valentina's interior design projects have been featured in a number of publications, including Vogue magazine in Italy, California Home and Design, and Antiques and Designs. Besides her love for designing, Valentina is a passionate cook who organizes culinary tours to her homeland in the region of Puglia, Italy. She is the author of two cookbooks on Italian cuisine and a book on color theory, called Red, A Voyage into Colors. Valentina says her goal is to transform people's life energy while transforming their spaces and colors. After looking at examples of your work, Valentina, it appears that you have enjoyed quite the colorful life. And it all began in Italy as a fashion designer. Yes. What was the best thing about working in the fashion industry? Well, uh, obviously the fashion industry is very glamorous. Um, and, and it's a hard work. Uh, don't think that the fashion industry is easy and all uh, creativity. It isn't. There is the creativity aspect that compared to the rest of what, what people don't see behind the scenes, the creativity is probably 20%. The rest is all uh, very technical stuff, lighting, marketing, uh, talking to salespeople, and looking at uh, going to industries and looking at fabrics and going to seminar and see what's coming up in the next uh, uh, year in advance because, you know, in the fashion industry, people work a year, at least a year in advance. In fact, right now, the fall and winter 2014 has already been decided last December, you know, last uh, fall, and uh, last uh, 2013 fall for this year. So, and that's what it's all about. It's a hard work. It feels like designing on steroids because everything has to be done fast, quick, and you have to be a fast thinker. But all in all, it's very satisfying because fashion makes people look good. 
if the colors especially are good for that one person, that person looks like a million dollar box, you know, a million dollars. Well, I wish that our listeners could see you right now because you are so beautiful and the colors you're wearing are beautiful and they and they seem to be a cross between aqua and turquoise and baby blue and do you normally gravitate towards the calm peaceful colors um first of all thank you for all these compliments but no i don't gravitate around these colors they are the peaceful colors that you just mentioned are my zodiac sign colors because I'm a Libra and I have my ascendant is a Venus. So it's very feminine and very calming colors. But no, I I also like to wear very bright colors. Uh, yellow, for instance, is one of my colors. And I like to wear, according to the situations I'm in, I like to wear the, the perfect color for that, that moment. For instance, red is, uh, even though I wrote a book that is called Red, A Voyage into Color, but red, I don't wear it on my face, around my face, uh, because it, it, uh, it, it makes me very agitated. So it raises my blood pressure, so I can't wear red around my face. But I do wear it when I sign contracts with people, because pushes people into uh, the urgency of putting that signature on my paper. So I wear red in different parts of my body. I, maybe I have red shoes, red purse, and a red skirt or pants, or maybe a red accessories, but I have something red. I don't have it around my face. Um, so there are moments where I want to either push people to do things or I want to um, look uh, confident inside of my skin or when I want to disappear, for instance. Uh, Often when I do presentations, if um, I know I'm going to have more than a friendly audience, you know, more than friends and acquaintances, I'm going to have real professional uh, audience, then I might wear black because I don't want anyone's energy to come into me. I want to block other people's energy so I can talk and I can express my feelings or I can uh, describe whatever project I'm talking about. And I have no distraction when I wear black. I'm actually disappearing into the scene because black is, is that type of color that, because it blocks the energy from other people and also blocks the light, because black has no light, uh, you practically disappear. The person wearing black disappears into the background. But in those situations, that is what I want, because I want them to concentrate not on me, but on the project or on the things that I'm saying. Well, Valentina, I want to change subjects here for a moment to a subject that I really love to talk about, and that is food. (laughs) I lived in Italy for a few years, and I can't wait to get back. I just felt so comfortable there. And one thing that always amazed me was how much love and pleasure Italians placed in the creation 
and the presentation of their meals. And it didn't seem to matter whether the meal was served in a restaurant or someone's home. The cook went out of their way to make sure it was very colorful and very appetizing, almost like a work of art. So I know you were raised in a family of artists and food connoisseurs. So was that something that you learned as a child? I was prevented to cook and and become closer to the kitchen when I was growing up because my duty, I was told, my parents told me that, your duty is to study and become someone. Let me leave the kitchen alone. But it's hard to do when you live in Italy with a family who love to eat, love colors, and, there, and I was surrounded by artists of any kind of type of art. So, hard to do. In my family, everyone cooked, from young kids to the oldest person. So, I learned to eat. And that was one thing I did really well. And when it was my time to cook on my own because I had left home, then I cooked from, from memory. I knew exactly how a dish was supposed to taste, how a particular food was supposed to taste, and I cooked with the memory or by memory. Everything came out as it was supposed to be because I learned to eat. And I, what they taught me, what my parents and my family generally taught me was to know how to taste the food. When we sat at the table, we discussed our family business and our things. But mostly, we discussed food. This is tough. This is not. This is soft. It was supposed to be like this. And then and if you cook it five more minutes, we'll give you this effect. And if we all interact with this kind of uh, question and answer or just stating fact. This looks good tastes good, and this is done to perfection. So it was thought subliminal, I have to say, because when I heard all these things, I wasn't able to cook because they didn't want me around the kitchen. So I, uh, I learned I learned to eat, and that gave me then the expertise to know how to cook. And you know, I, I, my first two books I wrote are cookbooks. And uh, I did that to get it out of my system. I wrote the cookbooks first before I wrote the design book. Because I wanted to get it out of my system. And I said, I know how to cook, and I know how to eat well, and I know how to eat inexpensive and very, very healthy food. Why should I not pass this knowledge to other people? And what about the colors? And what about the colors in the meals? Yes. The colors. How important is that? Very, very important. Colors in the food and in it have to be really balanced. And we don't do it by numbers or we don't do it because we know the technique. We just do it naturally because we know that red and yellow looks good together and we put it together. And we know that... Uh, Brown foods are not that appealing by themselves, you know, like mushrooms. So what do you put next to something that is really brown like mushrooms? We put something vivacious, okay? We put yellow peppers or we put green in it, but not 
dark green. We put the lighter green. So all of this is done naturally because uh, Italians have this natural innate uh, ability of using combination of colors that just look good. What I want to say about food, I also learned that food will um, balance or cure or uh, yeah cure your chakra if if you feel unbalanced if you have the need to bring energy to your chakra you do it with food not less with exercise and other things but mainly you do it with food because the only thing that goes into your body is food medicine that should stay away from it you know like people have a headaches, they shouldn't go to the pills. They should go to food and to food that will take your headaches away. I love the way you think. So what you're saying then is, for instance, if you need to ground yourself, if you need more energy, then you want to go and eat something that has the red vibration in it for the root chakra in the same instance, too. If, if you feel that you need to have more healing, you know, go for something green for the heart chakra. Right. Yes. Oh, I love this. I love this. For instance, you know, you feel stressed out in one day. You, everybody feels stressed. We, they, we can't avoid it. But if we feel stressed, we want to balance the yellow chakra, which is right in the middle of the stomach. Eat all the yellow food. And that will balance and nourish your yellow chakra that determines or controls your stress. And what about the higher chakras, for instance? There aren't too many blue and indigo-colored foods for the uh, for the throat chakra and uh, brow chakra, third eye chakra. Right. You know the the blue blue foods. You know what they are. They're mostly the uh, the berry, the raspberry, the strawberries, all of the blue foods. Eggplants. Eggplants are stupendous foods. Just people don't use them enough with the skin and all. Fig, you know, like purple fig, the uh, mission, they call it mission fig. And so all of these foods are all the purple. Uh, obviously, they will fix that problem uh, or balance, you know, the, the, uh, the third eye. So it's all about knowing how to balance your food. That's all it is. Medication, you know, they only take that problem away because people think that medication will work. But unfortunately, they have their way of going through your body and mess up some of the organs. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, though, that the pharmaceutical companies are quite clever in, in the color selections? For instance, ooh, that pretty blue pill, that'll put me to sleep. Yes, yes. <laughs> That is all about clever marketing, because if they would put something that is not appealing, you think they would buy it? No. That's all clever marketing. Colors has been used in marketing ever since marketing was invented. Right, right. Well, I think it's probably best if we leave the the subject of food, because I'm getting very hungry. (laughs) And let's go into the interior design uh, part of Valentina. Coming from Italy, where the interior colors can be extremely vibrant, I'm guessing it was 
quite a culture shock when you first arrived in the United States and you noticed so many interiors here with a neutral palette. What were your impressions about the color beige and other neutrals? Well, I must say, sincerely, I must say that um, when I came to to United States, I thought people uh, live in too much neutral. That's the only place where I have been that people live in beige, beige homes and gray homes. That's the only place I've been because you go around the world, homes are very colorful. But it took me long, long time to understand why people wear these bright clothes things that I probably wouldn't do it, but then they live in colorless homes. It took me a long time to understand this. It's because the life out there in this country is very ethnic. And when people come home, they want to feel calm and quiet. The home is a place where we rest our soul. It's our cocoon. And uh, a lot of people feel like they want to be calm and they want to be... Uh, just secluded from noise and uh, and the rest of the world. So that's why they choose the beiges and the, and all the neutral in all the notes, as I say, in all the notes, music and all the tints and tones. But still, they're still neutral. The thing is, there is another problem in this country that homes are considered a, an investment not a place where people put their roots down. So, God forbid they can't sell the homes that is done in orange colors, okay? What would they do? They repaint it so they can sell it faster. And that's the resale value is what people keep in mind. They live in colors that are not for them, for their life, for their personality, so they can resell the home in a faster way, because when the price goes up, the house must be sold, and mm-hmm. they go somewhere else, which is not what I'm used to, because in Europe, people put their roots down, and they don't move, for a variety of reasons, because we have we don't have the same uh, job market availability, because we don't like to de-root our kids from the school, their friends, and we don't like to go away from our family very far. You know, it's a variety of reasons, very cultural. And so the houses are not sold as fast as the people sell the homes here. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think it, that's one of the main reasons is the resale value. But then it's because they really want to feel at home very relaxed and, uh, and be shut off from the rest of the world that has made noise in their head for all day long. And I can go with that, definitely. You know, everybody's need is different. So there are very few people I have met so far that really want to live in colorful homes. Very, very few. You have said that color is life. We live under a blue sky and a yellow sun. A silver moon kisses us at night. We swim in green-blue seas and climb on brown mountains. We stroll in green parks and forests. Our gardens are filled with a profusion of colored flowers. Nature has done it all for us. We can just copy it and celebrate. 
We are the nature. We are the colors. How beautiful is that? How has nature influenced your interior design projects? Every day. Every day since I was born and since I did not have any knowledge of interior or fashion or food, nature has been my inspiration every day. Because we cannot absolutely be disjointed from nature. As I said, we are the nature. We are the color. Look at how many people have blue eyes, green eyes, uh, red hair, blonde hair, brown hair, brown skin, white skin. We are the color. We cannot. We are, because we're made of atoms, as human beings were made of atoms, we are uh, regenerated and recycled material. Okay, we are. Because from the mother comes the flower. And what's the flower? Ah, from the mother. And when we die, why we uh, flowers uh, uh, grow around tombstones? Just think about it. So we are material for the, the newer daffodils. Okay? So nature has inspired me and it will continue to inspire me because in nature, if you look at leaves, they are green when they are alive and they are yellow or red when they're dead, right? Because the chlorophyll is gone in the fall in winter and the leaves become yellow. And that yellow in nature is the death of the trees, of, uh, excuse me, the leaves. But then yellow is also the energy of the sun. So how can we not see the nature? So when I do interior, two are the things that inspired me to do the colors, nature and food. Often people tell me, these are colors of your grocery list. I said, yes, absolutely. Because often it is what it is. I go to grocery shop and see the colors of somebody's house that I want to do. And so that's the way it is. For me, there is no other way. Well, Valentina, you have been a delightful guest. You are so colorful. I mean, you're just multifaceted. My very last question is the same question I ask all of my guests. And that is, do you have any color tips for listeners who want to feel more joy in their lives? Well, I will answer to that with one phrase that is not mine, but I have adopted for ever since I can remember. The best color is the color that looks good on you. And Coco Chanel said that. So... If you want to feel joyful and you want to feel energized and you want to just get your color, it doesn't matter if it's in fashion or not. doesn't matter. Fashion does not run our life. Colors do. So the best colors for you is the one that looks good on you. Once we find the right colors, that's what we should go with. And that is most likely the color that will make us joyful, uh, energized, feel good, and alive. 
what's happening in the color calendar for August 2015. Art for Healing presents The Language of Colors on Saturday, August 1st in Laguna Hills, California. A Dancing the Rainbow workshop will be held on Saturday, August 1st and Sunday, August 2nd in Tipperary, Ireland. Clear Intentions is offering a Crystal and Color Therapy Practitioner training course from Monday, August 3rd through Friday, August 7th in Willenhall, England. On Wednesday, August 5th, a Multisensory Chakra Balancing Workshop will be held in San Diego, California. An RSOMA Level 2 course is scheduled for Friday, August 7th through Wednesday, August 12th in Katy, Texas. RSOMA Chairman Mike Booth will lead a Listening to the Star Within course beginning on Saturday, August 8th in Wheelbroke, Belgium. A color therapy workshop is scheduled for Monday, August 10th in Belleville, New Jersey. From Monday, August 10th through Saturday, August 15th, Sarah Ann Barker presents The Blue Course in La Trobe, Australia. On Wednesday, August 12th, a Chakra Crystal Color Energy Healing Workshop will be held in Dharamsala, India. Valerie Smith hosts a Chakras of the Energy Field Workshop on Saturday, August 15th and Sunday, August 16th in Port Hope, Ontario, Canada. Dave Green will lead an Introduction to Color Therapy workshop on Monday, August 17th in Digbeth, England. Anne Yellow Kidney presents an Arasoma Level 1 Foundation course from Monday, August 17th through Saturday, August 22nd in Denver, Colorado. On Saturday, August 29th, Karen Davis Clare hosts the Five Levels of Arasoma in Auckland, New Zealand. Also on Saturday, August 29th, is a color healing workshop presented by Sally Ann Charnock in Melbourne, Australia. And a color breath sound wand workshop will be held on Saturday, August 29th and Sunday, August 30th in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And that's what's happening on the color calendar for August. If you would like to contact the organizers of the events mentioned on this show today, or if you have a colorful event that you would like to submit for the color calendar, please email your request to AuraHouse at Yahoo.com. Many thanks and many blessings to Valentina for joining us today. To learn more about her work, please visit ValentinaDesigns.com. If you'd like to know more about me, Elaine Marie, please visit my Aura House School of Color and Light website at colortherapyschool.com. Join the Aura House mailing list and receive a free gift, my Rainbow Wishes Teleseminar MP3, to learn how to use color for manifesting. I'll be back next month with another colorful guest. Until then, no matter how you feel or where on the planet you live, don't forget to stop and enjoy the pretty colors. Namaste.
Color is all around us. It has a profound effect on how we think, feel, and act. A yellow sunshine, blue skies, green grass, red roses. Take away color, and our world would look like this. Color Cares is a 501c3 charity that uses the power of color to positively change lives. Visit our website today to learn more at www.colorcares.org and help us spread happiness in full color. <laughs> 